Hello, this is Will Hardy with Man Talk Radio. We are all about breaking down the walls of race and denomination. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few minutes. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Network podcast. This is the Truth Network. Heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. And Robbie, I got a, a question for you. What's happening in about three weeks? Boot camp. Boot camp. Yes. You know, do you think we have a listener out there who has not heard that there is a boot camp coming? They need to Andy up. I'm they just need saying. to Andy up. That's right. We have Andy with us today. He'll explain that to you. You just reach out to him at andy at masculinejourney.org. That's boot camp EVV like 26 times, and so it's time to Andy up. Yeah. Just saying. yeah, it's time to it's time to register and, and come. Just make the commitment. You know, you know that you're going to want to have this break right before Thanksgiving. You know, you think Thanksgiving is the break you need. I'm telling you, it's the break before the break is what you need because Thanksgiving can go one of two ways. A lot of times, it can be really great with family yeah. or really not great with family. Yeah, I'm just the, saying the calm, the calm before the storm, right? Exactly. It'll prepare your heart for what you're gonna have happened the next week <laughs> good or bad it's going to prepare it anyway that's not the topic for today but i'm sure we'll talk more about uh boot camp but uh, andy danny you have the uh, topic for today yeah we, the title is always a nail in a sure place um it comes from isaiah 22 23 i'm not counting it's just 22 23 <laughs> whatever it takes you know whatever it takes yeah i will fasten him as a nail in a sure place and he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. And I heard that topic done by a pastor friend of mine several years ago, and it just has resonated in the last little while as being a nail in a sure place that not all, sometimes we find ourselves in places we really don't want to be, but it, it may very well have been designed by God that we be there for whatever purpose that is because life's not always skipping gloriously toward glory it's just there's tough seasons and finding yourself in a secure place which ultimately we know to be if i'm in christ i'm in a secure place no matter what my circumstances are going around me yeah i think that as a uh, as a country as a world a secure place hasn't really seemed to be there <laughs> You know, over at least the last couple of years, right? You know, with all the COVID and everything that's been going on and just lots of other different things, you know, to, to even consider that there is a sure place is really pretty cool. You know, that there's a place, in the, regardless of what's going on around us, that we can be in a sure place. Yeah, just kind of a question out of the, the thing was, you know, do you ever consider that wherever you find yourself right now, God placed you there? And, you know, so often I've questioned, you know, where I was in life or like recently just thinking about I've become kind of the 
the go-to guy in my family, including my father, because kind of taking over, helping him with financial stuff, and because he just that's just not his thing. But he looks to me to be his nail in a sure place that to find the answers to to navigate where we need to go and. It's a place, to be honest, I really don't want to be most days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's football season, right? Whether you follow college or pro or you don't even watch it at all, it's still football season. Um, but you have, the, uh, you have the guy that scores a touchdown and, you know, points to heaven and all that. You know, he's really glad of the place he's in, right? But you take that same receiver and he drops a pass in the end zone. You know, is he still pointing to heaven – and saying, oh, it's okay that I didn't do it, right? I mean, I think there's, when you ask the question, do we consider, you know, that God put us there? I think if it's positive, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times, yeah, we're pretty easily to accept it. But what if it's not a real positive place? Yeah. Right? What if it's not the place that I really wanted to be? Yeah, you could yeah. be the guy who was guarding the guy who just made the touchdown. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. 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 Or not guarding the guy. Yeah. Well, Andy, we have a clip that we wanted to play. So if you could tell us a little bit about this clip. It's a really short clip, actually. Yeah, it is. One of my shorter ones. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of got a sports-themed show tonight, I think. But this is from Rudy. Uh, You know, there's a couple clips at Rudy that just really spoke to me. If you haven't seen it, it's about a kid that went to Notre Dame as a walk-on and, uh, you know, had a lot of aspirations of just playing Notre Dame football. And and there's a lot of and I don't I can't remember exactly on this uh, uh, instance what he's needing direction from from the priest, but he's praying a lot. Uh, maybe it was a situation on the football team. I don't know if you guys remember, but anyway, he's just he's looking for answers from God, and he's in a place you can tell where he's beginning to question. Okay, am I doing the right thing? Am I praying enough or whatever? Where that's the way a lot of us get. If we're not getting the you know the results that we expect we begin to question either us or God or somebody else that may have gotten in the way or whatever, but this is kind of the dialogue. And so he's talking to a priest. Here. Right, yeah. Maybe I haven't prayed enough. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the problem. Praying is something we do in our time. The answer's come in God's time. Have I done everything I possibly can? Can you help me? Son... In 35 years of religious studies, I've come up with only two hard, incontrovertible facts. There is a God, and I'm not him. So, yeah, I mean, it really gets into the whole point of, you know, there's God sets this thing up, dialogue, prayer. And we always, or we a lot of times expect that when we pray, we should get results, particularly if we're in God's will. And if we're not getting the results that we expect, we're not in God's will or something's broken there am i praying enough you know usually that's where we go to there's something that's in me that's not inherently good enough to get god's attention to give him what give me what i want i mean there's a good desire in what he wants to do and you see that in the movie but there's timing on things there's growth there's maturity there's a multitude of things that keep us nailed at that place where we're at we're right in the center of will god's will but that may be where we're at, but we just sure don't feel that way. So looking back over Scripture, how often would you say that people uh, really enjoyed the place that they were <laughs> nailed to at that moment? Right? I mean, yeah. Honestly, yeah. how many do you think really, was, maybe David, some of the time? 
Some of the time, right? Yep. Some of the well, time. But when he got to his place of promise, the the castle, if you will, the present king tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether he was too sure about that place or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look look up and down the whole thing. You know, um, the one that got thrown in the pit from his brothers. Yeah, yeah. Joseph. It took a long time yeah. to receive his. Yeah. His. Yeah, his story was a lot of being nailed in places. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good one to always go back to, particularly if something carries on for time, because I think it was, what, 13 years or whatever in prison? Yeah. Talk to Job. Yeah, Job. The Apostle Paul. He wrote most of what we read in prison. Right. Yeah. Not the ideal. I guess that was the original prison ministry. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Shipwrecked, bitten by a snake, you know, all those things. Right. Sounds like a real joy. Then there was the guy that was actually nailed. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the night in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. That was yeah. Yeah. No, not easy. Not easy. So what do you think um, when we find ourselves in those places in life um, that we're not real happy to be at? You know, what is some of the responses that people tend to fall back on? Well, I know you're talking about, you know, what what's the response and i think it can run the gamut because everybody's a little bit different Mm -hmm. but i know like you're just now talking about boy in an easy place or hard place but honestly for me i think it's a lot easier to find god in the hard place when things are going really well (laughs) 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 we're just waiting on who's gonna be the first one to do that of course robbie (laughs) but you're when things are going good I can rely on myself. I can forget God and leave him behind. And things are just nice and rosy and cruising. But when problems happen, that's when it's like, oh, God, I need you. I need you. I need you. Those, you know, like Peter, like we were talking earlier, jumps out of the boat. Oh, yep, I forgot. Now help me. You know, nice little sweet short prayer right to the point. Mm-hmm. I need you. That is the stuff that really pulls me into crisis when it's, hey, and Typically, it's relationships. You know, something's going wrong. Somebody's doing something. You know, what's the kid doing this time? Or what's my wife got to say? Or what? where am I at with mom and dad? Or what's going on? It's just always something relationship-wise. It's just, you know, it's got you thinking. It's got you worried. So it's one of those things where it's like stop and be able to say, okay, Lord, okay, I'm, I've, I've been in this now for a while. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know why I didn't start to pray this before I got into it, but at least more often than not now, I'll get in the middle of something where I start to realize, I, ooh, I'm in the middle of this, but I'm going to say at least a quick little help me prayer. <laughs> and I like at least, at least reach out because I'm like, I didn't bring you into this. I need you here right now. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's one of the things you say from the old response of anger, of frustration, of, and usually what would happen for me is, first i just pull back yeah i'm angry but i'm gonna pull back i got this i'm under control and then kaboom you know after a bit of time this thing's been festering whether it's a week or a month or whatever or we've been talking about this or it's a lifetime you know you're spending so much time you know you spend 20 30 years with a spouse you know each other so well and you just get to that point where it's so easy to go i know what's coming and when it does boom you explode you know and i'm like i'm so much better off being able to say nope 
I see things are coming, then start to pray. I thank God for God, because if it wasn't for him, I just wouldn't have the strength to do a lot of these things. Agreed. Um, you guys must be a lot better Christian than I am, because I, I still get angry first. You know, I still get frustrated. I, you know, want to pout a little bit. You know, if I'm in a situation I don't want to be in, you know, um, a little bit of the the why me kind of comes out, and it just takes me a while to get to that place where I can say, okay, God, yeah, I don't like it, <laughs> but I'm here. So at least help me learn from it. Help me learn what you need me to learn. Help me to grow in the midst of it. I, I can't say that there's times I still like it. Right? I don't think there, there's sometimes you don't ever get to the place where you like it. Right? And maybe liking it's not the point. Obedience is the point and walking with him through the midst of it is the point. But, yeah, you know, I, I find myself on that anger side, you know, because a lot of it is, honestly, it's trying to walk independently of God sometimes. And I get my own plan together, and when my own plan doesn't work, I get mad. Right? But anyway, we're going to talk more about this when we come back and find out how to be in that sure place and know that who's got us nailed there. You go to masculinejourney.org to register for the upcoming boot camp November 18th through the 21st. We will see you there. Please register now. What if one weekend wasn't up to you that you could go and God would orchestrate it all? Masculine Journey Boot Camp, basic training designed to give men permission to be how God made them, passionate warriors for the kingdom. Based on John Eldridge's wild at heart, experience four days purpose for God to come after and perhaps reawaken dreams and desires he uniquely placed in your masculine heart. Fall Boot Camp coming up November 18th through the 21st. Go to MasculineJourney.org and register today. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You go to facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to masculinejourney.org and find the donate button. Masculinejourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. Danny, that was your bump. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, it's from a local artist here just southeast of here named Jonathan Helser. He does songs some that people may know, like um, Raise a Hallelujah, and I can't remember another one right off the top of my head. But the local guy used to go to church with his dad. And the song is, is about seeing I am and knowing who you are, and that's kind of in a roundabout way what we're talking about is you know the larger story that we talk about and the knowing who you are your identity that's our sure place that no matter what's going on in my life and as you said earlier once i get past my whining my anger and my i'm not doing this i find out who i am and find out whose i am which is more important i think that's a good point so, Wayne, we haven't had a chance to really uh, have you weigh in on it. Sorry about that. And I see you, you're blinking here on the uh, line, so we know that you're here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on some of the topic? 
Um, I'm actually sitting here looking through Scripture, and I'm reminded of um, where you know Peter talks about the reality that you know we're all going to be tested. We're all we're all going to go through trials from time to time, um, and as much as we don't like to think about it, they're for our good and for the good of God. They they show that that you know that our faith is true. Um, in First Peter, um, in First Peter one six, it says, "So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine, and it is being t- tested by fire, as it tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold." So, I, yeah, even in in, in my Nailed own it. life, and the things yeah, there, there are most definitely you know you, you guys got to hear some of it a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, it's not comfortable um, to be in these fires. It's not easy. And you're right. Sometimes we get anger. Sometimes we get a fear. Um, panic um, comes to mind. Um, but ultimately, it's do we believe God loves us? Do we truly believe he loves us and that he wants the best for us and that he's going to use whatever we're going through? What, what me and my wife have learned really a lot, you know, we, we've uh, had four miscarriages. And since then, she's been able to minister to so many other women because she went through that. And so she she is one of the few people who understands what they're going through. And God does that a lot with us, right? You know, he, he takes, you know, our misery and turns it into to something where we get to love on others through that. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, Robbie, you want to tell us a little bit about your club? Absolutely. So it's a cool opportunity to watch or listen to, in this case, um, two really great boxers. I mean, that you know, if, certainly if you came up in the 60s and 70s, you know the name Muhammad Ali and you know George Foreman, and you may know that George Foreman was the heavyweight champion of the world, and he took you know, a challenge from Muhammad Ali, and all the world thought that Muhammad Ali didn't have a single chance in the world. And so here George Foreman is going to share some wisdom how this event of what would be just a gigantic loss literally was the best thing that ever happened to his in his life because as it turned out to be a great weight loss program for george foreman but we'll talk about what weight it was he lost and how he lost it after we hear you know a little bit from muhammad ali on his idea of weight loss the fight with Muhammad Ali was spectacular for me. It changed my life because I'd never lost as a professional. And I intended to win the easiest fight of my career. I get into the ring with the guy. I bluffed him. I'd done everything. Beat him up basically for about five or six rounds. I thought it was easy. Then about the sixth round, he whispered in my ear after I'd hit him in the side, that all you got, George? And that was about all I had. <laughs> I didn't understand losing. He knew something about that, so he prepared himself. He reserved his power and his strength. I had nothing in the back of my mind to shield me or protect me, so I I lie in devastation. Well, left boxing in the 70s. I became a minister at the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm still doing so. And I realized that uh, a reporter asked me, uh, what happened in Africa, George? Surely something happened. And I admitted that I'd lost the boxing match. I said, I got proof. From that point on, I was able to cope because I realized not only did I lose the boxing match, but I'd lost the greatest man I've ever met. Somebody who would never give up. George Foreman, how you doing? Your name, as young as you are, 
in my training camp, me working with you, get your weight down, and you're not fighting for money. God knows us in your heart. You ain't got to answer the man. See, man judges man's actions. God judges man's heart. You go in the ring for God. Now you got the whole world shook up. George Foreman came back. Now you go out and start preaching. You got thousands of people coming. You don't go out a loser. You go out a winner. And that's just the wild idea I had. Sometimes people come to me and say, what do you think, was Muhammad Ali the greatest boxer? And I feel almost insulted because boxing was just something he did. I mean, that's no way to define Muhammad Ali. He was one of the greatest men to ever appear on the, uh, the scene of the earth. So, you know, to break down the wisdom of that clip, which there's 10 points at least that I just just... I find absolutely phenomenal these two men outline for us but the first thing was that you know clearly Muhammad Ali threw out what we call an agreement in other words this is a lie is that all you got George well it wasn't all that George had but George bought it went into the agreement you know Ali used you know essentially something to get his opponent to bite down on this lie which obviously caused the you know the, the loss of the fight to some extent of course i don't know how much george had actually extended but nonetheless the wisdom of ali to do that and then obviously george foreman's understanding of that and then there was the wisdom of ali holding back all his power and strength and the fact that he'd lost and he knew that there was a longer battle here than just four or five rounds and how many battles in our life are we really prepared to fight for as long as it takes? And and so there's all kinds of wisdom in that secure place, the nail that he's talking about there. And then there's George Foreman's humility to see that, oh, here was my real problem. is When he said, I lost the greatest man I ever knew that never gave up on anything. In other words, in this case, God was using the claw hammer to rip the nail out. <laughs> And if you've ever had that claw hammer on you, you know what I'm talking about, that sometimes, you know, you're ripped out of this place because he has a secure place, which obviously, you know, I thought it was really cool that Muhammad Ali picked it up, that there's so much more to this, George, than a boxing match, and how much more how much more value is it to for George form this great um communicator to be able to share something of great value that he does as a preacher and, and, and there's that but then don't miss the end wisdom which is to me the best part of the whole clip was don't who he's he's saying you can't define muhammad ali by being a boxer <laughs> right well how about you are you defined as 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 a computer programmer are you defined as a radio talk show host or you can are you defined as whatever i'd I, I really hope someday somebody says that about me, which really just speaks volumes about George Foreman, that says, that man wasn't a boxer. The boxing was what he did, right? The wisdom in that statement of the way he delivers it is beautiful, but then again, there gets to the idea of where Danny was going, which the word nail in Hebrew has this tav, meaning at the end of the story, we will know, right, what the truth is. The truth is going to come out, and the truth was always secure, and it was always in a sure place, and yes, you being in that place, wherever that may be for that time, may be for the long haul, but but you need that wisdom to set yourself up for, I need to stay in this as long as God has it for me, 
because it's 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 where it's it's eventually headed of course like everybody in this room you know i've <laughs> had the hammer come down on me a few times yeah you know i was thinking about george foreman you know he had two careers in boxing right i mean he had the the one where he was champion and then when he tried to make the comeback and everyone kind of laughed him off right but you know i, I kind of wonder in the timeline of that conversation with ali you know, it sounded more like it was when he was doing his comeback a little bit from the standpoint of, you know, you get up there and now you can reach a lot of people for God, right? You know, from this platform, from a different perspective, you have an opportunity to do things. And he really did that pretty well during his comeback. He was very quick to thank God. He was very quick to point back to God. And he did have a lot of success in his comeback. And he was in his 40s at the time, I think, wasn't he, when he did his comeback? Shaking your head, they can't hear that on the radio. I just say it. <laughs> yes, he was in his 40s. Okay. Well, there were a lot of you shaking your head. I would just say, if they could hear it, there's something more wrong than what uh, than we're talking about. Uh, so, from here, the sure place, what do we talk about here? You, Rodney, you're reaching for the microphone? Yeah, well, since Harold won't speak up. Yeah. You know. He was nodding his head, though. Yeah. So, one of the, you know, when Danny came up with this, it's like, the first thought was, Jesus nailed to the cross. But then I started thinking, well, what did he do to help others out? You know, because he had been leading all the disciples up to that point, and he's revealing more and more and more. And then he actually gets nailed to the cross, and he dies. And they're just like, I don't believe that this just happened. They're, you know, yeah, they were, they felt really awful and, they didn't know what to think when they he kept telling them over and over and over, I'm going to die. And then he actually does it. But then you will have grief, but then you will overcome your grief and the whole world will rejoice. But then he comes back and he's like, here I am. I'm in the room. Here's my hands. Here's my side. Thomas doesn't believe. And then Thomas is there and he believes. You got Mary's the first one that saw him, and she's like, oh, my gosh, she won't let go of him. You, you've got all these things going on where he's reassuring and saying, this is assurance. This is, this is me. I, I'm coming back to life just like I said I would the three days, and here I am, just like Jonah. And then with Peter, do you love me more than these? And he asked him three times, and, you know, Peter's grieved, but he takes him through that to – put his rock that he wants to build in Peter and what we just got out of first Peter from Wayne you know that was all built starting right then and there yeah when we come back uh, for the after hour show we're going to talk more about this topic you can get the after hour show at any of the podcast outlets so whatever pick your favorite Spotify any of those we're on all those different forums so you can pick it up there the different formats but in the meantime go to masculinejourney.org register for the boot camp coming up November 18th through the 21st I promise you, promise you, promise you, God has some amazing things there for you. Don't know what it is, but he does. This is the Truth Network.